And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Hello, good morning, and welcome everyone to episode 157 of The Drop Set. Your host here, Darren Starr, as always, uh, continuing my triumphant return post-holidays here with our uh, second episode in two weeks. I kind of reintroduced myself to the masses last week. I will not do that again this week. I will spare you all from having to listen to that again. You can go back and uh, just check out you know, episode 156 last week. Uh, what did we call that? I think we called that post-holiday catch-up, which may be the most, I don't know, ADD-influenced episode of the podcast that has ever existed. I got a few comments from people like, man, I was getting whiplash trying to catch up with you there. I, I get it. I get it. I can't promise that today is going to be any different, but... It will be a little different, I guess, um, because I actually have some some questions on some topics to go over here. So it's not going to be me just scrambling like, how can I fill forty? How can I waste forty minutes of everyone's time today? No, we actually have some topics to cover, so we'll do that and we'll get to it here. So uh, I don't have a whole lot of introductory material to go over. Things uh, in my world have been kind of cruising along, super super busy. Uh, doing a lot of uh, extra stuff as much as I can. Actually got back into the shop yesterday, into the garage, and doing a little bit of woodworking for a project out of necessity. Uh, so stay tuned on that. I'll be posting uh, pictures of that on my Instagram story if anyone's interested. So yesterday just involved uh, mysteriously cutting up some boards, put, uh, routing a roundover onto them, and uh, painting them. Hmm, what's he doing there? Yeah. Wouldn't you like to know? So uh, you can find out, actually. If you just go follow my story, there will be updates on that later today for sure. Just keep in mind, if you're listening to this down the road, like, you know, if you aren't up to date, if you're on episode 50 or whatever, as opposed to 157, uh, by the time you hear this, that story is going to be long gone. So, sorry. I have I have no consolation prize for you or anything like that. Those stories are very transient little thoughts. They're there for 24 hours, and they float away, gone never to be seen again, unless I highlight them and keep them around in perpetuity, which I got to tell you, uh, not many things make the cut there. So let, let's dive into it here. And I want to get started with possibly, and I'm, uh, I should, if I was smart, I would tease this and I would say, Hey, if you want to hear the absolute dumbest thing you've ever heard in your life, stick around to the end of the episode and you'll hear it. But you know what? I, I like you more than that. I'm better than that. And I'm going to tell it to you right up front. You are about to hear the most legitimately stupid thing you've probably heard in a long time. Just unbelievable. And keep in mind, this comes from someone who is considered a professional in their field. Okay? Uh, somebody who has credibility, or, or di had credibility at least, um, and somebody who works with celebrities. So I'm speaking, of course, of a celebrity trainer. Now, I know what you're thinking, or what you should be thinking at least. Like, uh, celebrity trainer. Really? Yeah, so many celebrity trainers, um, uh, you know, it's kind of like coaches to an extent. Although, I, I think coaches get this less. But it's it's still something that's prevalent. Um, with celebrity trainers, it's it's extremely common. So... The thing is, celebrity trainer is, is probably one of the easiest jobs in the world, except for the fact that you've got to deal with some strong and difficult personalities, I would imagine. That aside, it's not a high degree of difficulty because your clientele are stars. 
these are people who, you know, for more more or less are already in good shape, if not fantastic shape already. And so you're just looking to help move them in that direction. So you're kind of working with the ideal client. And plus, it's somebody who is probably motivated, like, I need to get in shape for this role. I'm being paid a lot of money for it. I'll do whatever I got to do because, you know, I have some credibility as an actor and I want to bring it for this role. Okay, great. That makes it really easy, doesn't it? Uh, as opposed to somebody who's like, I'm frustrated with my body and I want to I want to change it, but they aren't necessarily prepared for the amount of work that's to follow. Um, so you're, you're starting with somebody who's already more predisposed to being an ideal client, I think. Uh, and there's also a little bit of selection bias um, involved here. So th this is where it kind of relates to, to coaches in, in some extent. And I will, of course, exclude myself from this because... Um, well, I mean, reality. <laughs> you know? So I, I, part of that is I will work with anybody who, who says that they are willing to put in the kind of work that's necessary. Uh, and, and basically until they prove otherwise, if they just aren't willing to put it in, I'm going to say, you can't hack this. You can't. Look, you, you tell me what your goal is. I'm going to help you work towards it. And if you're not able to put in the work, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to say, you, you got to change something or this just isn't for you. Um, but I'll work with anybody. I don't care about their potential necessarily, but I'm always going to be honest with somebody about what it is. If I think somebody has great potential, I will let them know. And I've talked about this before. If somebody says that they want to be Mr. Olympia and, you know, it looks like they've been lifting for five, they've been lifting for five or 10 years, but doesn't really look like it. I'm like, it just ain't going to happen, buddy. You know, we got We got to reassess a little bit here. You know, it's just not in the cards and that's okay. It's not in the cards for me either. All right. So whatever, you know, it's not in the cards for most people. You just got to be realistic about it. Um, there are a lot of coaches out there that will, um, that will choose whether or not to work with someone based on how that person can make them look. So somebody that has a great potential. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Um, if they don't, uh, you know what? I'm full up right now. I can't do it. So, which seems strange to me, but whatever. Uh, I'm just not that protective over my name and my brand, I guess. And I guess that's probably a, a failing on a uh, business level. But once again, I'm much more concerned with being a quality trainer than a quality business person. So, and so far that's worked well for me. Mm, there, there might be a, uh, <laughs> there might be, <laughs> uh, might be an end of the road on that philosophy somewhere. I don't know. Um, and, and a lot of coaches, you know, they, they work with someone with, with great potential and they do really well with them. Um, and then other people of a similar caliber follow. So you get some of these coaches that really only work with really, really high level um, competitors because, you know, they've demonstrated that they can do it. And so, you know, they don't, they don't have to necessarily um, help someone build from the ground up. They're, you know, they are going to be someone's fourth coach, not their first coach. Uh, and so those other coaches have helped bring this person along and help bring them up. Um, and it's, it's just a natural progression. I get it. Anyway, we're, we're talking about this here. So, um, so th this person, th this celebrity trainer, and th this uh, article, this is an article from Shape Magazine, and this came from, what's the date on this? I want to say it's, it's kind of old-ish, but I don't see a date necessarily. No, I don't. Uh, th this came from Sally, who's a client of mine. She sent this to me as part of her check-in, just thought I'd get a kick out of it. I think she might have said it was from like a 2016 article in Shape, and I'm like, are you sure it wasn't like an 80-something article? Because this is super, super dumb, just how outdated this is. So this celebrity trainer, who is, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, Fedele DeSantis? I'm not sure. Um, so... Uh, 
she's worked with people like Jessica Biel, Cameron Diaz, Eva Mendez, um, and Charlize Theron. So first of all, yeah, you're not exactly dealing with slouches as far as your clientele are concerned. So basically what I'm saying is you don't really have to know your shit to be successful with clientele like that. Okay? I mean, they're going to make you look good regardless of whether you're an absolute fucking moron or not. Um, and I, I believe, now I have never met Miss DeSantis, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say, yeah, she's a fucking moron. <laughs> So, and just to be clear, if you're out there, Ms. DeSantis, and you want to come on here and tell me otherwise, you're more than welcome to. I'd love to have a conversation with you about this. Um, the the take-home point from this entire article is this one quote, and I'm, I'm just going to read it here, and let, let's digest and process this. The article writes, The secret to a beautiful ballerina body like Theron, quote, Make sure your grip for every exercise is narrow. A wide grip makes the muscles grow wide and your body more masculine, end quote. <sighs> Have you ever in your life heard something so fucking idiotic it just makes you want to throw up? Like, it's just so dumb, you, your stomach loses control, and it just can't contain itself anymore. And you're like, oh, God, nope, here it comes. Everything's coming back up. I can't do it. Just based on sheer stupidity. How unbelievably moronic is this? Really? Wide grip? That's the problem? Okay, I have an idea. How do you get a body like Charlie's Theron? I have an idea here. Let's see. Why don't you be born with great genetic structure and then put in some work? Grip? Really? If I was going to develop a top 1,000 list of the ways to develop a body like that, grip would not make the cut. Not in the top 1,000. And if somebody was pressing me for, what's the biggest secret? I mean, I, I don't know, guys. I really just don't know. I, I don't know how to make this compute. I don't. And... This is, it's almost disheartening because I'm like, wow. I mean, in a way, it cuts both ways because I'm thinking, wow, this person is so unbelievably stupid and yet they've been able to carve out a successful career as a celebrity trainer. And I'm covering my eyes right now in case you just develop the picture here. I'm sitting back in my chair and I'm just covering my eyes and rubbing my face because I'm like, I just can't process this, and I, I just don't want to continue. By the same token, if this person can be successful, I'm telling you, anybody can. And if you can spout bullshit nonsense like that and still make it in your chosen field, it just goes to show you. Um, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be risky here and make an analogy that will probably piss some people off, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to trigger some people... You know, even though that's not my intention here, but, but let's, <laughs> I know I'm, I'm about to lose like 70% of the audience here as soon as I say this. Let's talk about the United States president for a second here. Okay. Love him, hate him. I don't care that that's, you know, immaterial right now. One thing undeniable is that he does not give a shit what 50% of this country thinks. He simply doesn't give a shit. Now, some people would say like, well, fuck him, I don't care. And other people would say, like, yeah, it's great. Let's focus on the other 50% for a while. Okay, again, I'm not here to pick sides. 
I don't care. Well, I'm not here to discuss sides. I really don't care for this purpose right here. But what what that demonstrates to me, you know, he is basically actively trying to alienate 50% of the country and yet still has an excellent chance of winning re-election. It just goes to show that however hard you try to push people away, there's always going to be a base of support. However stupid you are, there's still going to be people that buy into your philosophy. Um, now I'm talking about the trainer here. You know, Again, no judgments on the president. I'm, I'm Switzerland here. I'm remaining neutral for purposes of this podcast. You want my, my actual opinion? Let Come, come get me a beer and we'll hash it out for sure. Uh, I will not be shy. But I'm, I'm trying to be neutral here. I'm trying to be fair. One thing that's undeniable is just his complete lack of giving a shit for, for 50% of the country. I mean, that's been demonstrated since well before day one. Um, and he's never backed down from that. So uh, even with that, he still has a chance to be politically successful. Um, even with this trainer being a complete and fucking total idiot, she's still there's still enough people out there for whom she is seen as the solution. So that gives me a little bit of hope that regardless of you know how experienced, inexperienced you are, regardless of how opinionated you are, and I always see this, you know, I see people um, on Instagram trainers and such who are making political statements and, you know, really kind of going out on a limb with certain things. And I'm like, yeah, I just can't do that. I don't want to, I don't want to attach my, my business and my, uh, my business credibility to something stupid like politics when you're not going to change anybody's mind on anything like that. Like if I was going to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm five star physique and I'm pro women's choice. I'm like, yeah. Okay. So you're going to, you're going to get the support of some people. You're going to alienate other people. My whole philosophy is why it, it it should be a non-issue you know the, the the politics of your trainer the politics of your plumber etc the the re- religious bent of this person should be of absolutely no consequence okay i'm totally off the rails right now but it's something that you know, i see something like this every now and then and it just kind of makes me wonder like yeah i just don't want to i don't want to Business is hard enough to succeed in. I don't want to start alienating people on purpose and narrowing the pool of potential clients just for the purpose of me being able to spout my opinions, which frankly, nobody cares about anyway. Just like when other people post their opinions online, I honestly don't give a shit. I'm like, yeah, most cases like, oh, really? Eh, Whatever. Or yeah, I already knew that because you post this shit all the time and I might agree with you, but I'm still sick of hearing you go on and on about this all the damn time. I just don't care. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, anyway, I digress. The point being, this person's an idiot and I don't want to lose sight of that main point here. So (laughs) we, we, we can't lose sight of what's truly important. Can we? So, uh, I'm always going to give somebody a fair chance, but, uh, um, you know, at the same time, no, not, not this one. Um, so now speaking of idiots, let's talk about me for a minute here. Um, Kevin, how you doing, Kevin? Kevin is an, uh, a, a client of mine and also a listener here, and he sent me a note last night, um, which I, I got to tell you, it kind of shook me a little bit, and I don't, uh, well, quite frankly, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. So um, 
this is the problem with having a platform like this is, you know, you put it out there and if it was live, that's one thing. But the fact that it's out there, it's like on Spotify, it's on iTunes for posterity. People can go back and listen to it. That's a problem. And that's something that I don't really consider very much when I record these things. I just throw it out there. And I'm like, eh, yeah, whatever. Never thinking like some of this shit's going to get thrown back in my face at a later date. So um, Kevin writes last night in an email to me, he says, hey, Darren was listening to an older podcast this morning, and for probably the third or fourth time, I heard you incorrectly use a logarithmic function as an example of a function with an asymptote. And immediately, my head goes into, oh shit, I'm in trouble. Damn it. And I, I remember I have used that analogy before. Now, I don't remember what I was talking about, but I remember it being something about the point of diminishing returns. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to get into a math lesson about what an asymptote is or anything like that. But Kevin continues... You observed on air during this particular episode, logarithmic functions don't have asymptotes, not even oblique asymptotes. They're inverses of exponential functions which have the same properties vertically. Taken to infinity, a logarithmic function approaches infinity. Uh, the classic example of an asymptotic function is y equals 1 over x, which is called a multiplicative inverse or reciprocal function. There are many other examples, a simplish one of which is the arctangent. Okay, off the soapbox, my math minor will thank me for clearing, up, clearing this up for you in the future. So... All that is correct, of course. Now, in my defense, I think I was confused. And in, in my, well, clearly I was confused. I don't think I was. I know I was. What is really in my defense is that my math background is, boy, can we say nine, oh God, at this point, 10 years, 10, 11 years in my history. Yeah, about 11 years, actually. God, oh, I'm old. Shit balls. Um, so, yeah, at one point, I was very comfortable with this stuff. And now, uh, you know, kind of like there's this phenomenon with memory where you you recall some detail so vividly and then you're contradicted, you're, you're um, presented with evidence that shows that, no, actually, you're remembering that incorrectly. You know, it, it happens to people all the time. There's a name for that phenomenon. I don't remember what it is, but um, it, it's like this. So I remember so clearly... Uh, like, yeah, no, that's a, a logarithmic function, you know, and here I, I finally figured it out after sleeping on it last night. Um, I, I, it's not a logarithmic function that I was trying to describe. It was a function with a limit involved is what I was trying to, to where it's approaching, you know, as the, the function approaches infinity, um, then it will approach the limit, um, as opposed to a logarithmic function where as the function approaches infinity or as the, as the function, God, that, uh, Taken to infinity, they approach infinity versus a, a limit, which, you know, taken to infinity approaches the limit. That is what I was thinking of. And so why I was hell bent on saying that was a logarithmic function, I don't know. But that's what I was thinking was a limit instead. So, um, yeah. So, Kevin, thank you for clearing that up. I appreciate it. And I'm sure all of the other math majors and minors out there um, who listen to this podcast. Hi, all zero of you. Um, I'm sure they appreciate it as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if nothing else, my brother would appreciate it. Um, my brother is a, uh, a math professor and, uh, he, he will never hear about this and, uh, I will make sure that none of you find him so that you can't bring him into the loop. Um, say, Hey, did you know your brother is talking shit about math incorrectly on his podcast? And I'm like, no, that's not going to happen. So, uh, no, uh, we're going to go into hiding on that. It's just not going to happen. We're going to bury our head in the sand. So, um, okay. Now. That being said, 
we've got some stuff to go over here, which is great. So I've got some some voicemails, listener questions, etc. So let's dig in and get down to some real stuff finally, shall we? Hi, Darren. Steve here from Belgium. First of all, thanks for the great podcast and keeping it up. No matter how inconsistently these days, you have a lot of shit going on, but it's awesome. And I love it. Um, so I have a quick question for you today is when I'm um, doing chest day, it's uh, usually my triceps that seems to fatigue first, um, which is a bit of a pain if you're trying to really work your chest. Like I do get a chest bump. I do have a yeah, fairly decent mind muscle connection uh, with the chest. But yeah, it's just my, my triceps just can't seem to handle the load. Um, so is it something maybe with hand positioning or my triceps just too weak and I need to bring them up so I can beat up the chest properly? I don't know. But um, anyway, any input is greatly appreciated. And again, thank you. All right. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate that. So yeah, no matter how inconsistent, right? I appreciate you and the loyal few who stick around in spite of my inconsistencies. So thank you for that. So um, are your triceps too weak? Well, surely, yeah, that's the solution here. I mean, <laughs> why, why not? If you're going to be given an easy out like that, I vote we take it. Um, so it's a, it's a really good question, though. And this is a common thing. And, and one thing that I always like to encourage people to do is identify stuff like this and think about it and don't just accept that, oh, okay, that's the way it's supposed to be. No, it's chest day. If something else is given out first, that is a massive, massive, like red alert level problem. Similarly, back day, your wrist, forearms, your grip is given out first. Good Lord, no, you will never have a good back day and your back will be underdeveloped long-term because of that. You know, you are leaving potential gains on the table. So if you are targeting, then that is why it's, it's valuable doing a body part split where you can just focus on one group and really dig in on your execution as opposed to doing total body workouts, which will be good for maintaining. Um, it's good if you can't lift as frequently. You know, I've been through that myself recently, but if you're trying to grow, it's just simply not terribly effective. Um, there's too much going on. You're trying to think about too many things at once. It's like multitasking. Our, our human brains simply do not multitask. If you think you do, you are wrong. You are quickly switching between tasks, but you're not doing multiple things at once. And the more stuff you give your brain to chew on in one period of time, the less effective you're going to be at all of them. So sequence your tasks, sequence your lifts as well. If you try to hit five muscle groups in one lift, you're never going to hit any of them as effectively as you could if you segmented them out a little bit. Um, and it's not just a volume issue. Like if you're trying to keep your workouts to an hour, you hit one muscle group in an hour or five in an hour. Well, clearly the one is going to get thoroughly thrashed. The five are going to get barely touched. Volume is part of that, but also it's just brain focus. You know, you're shifting gears too quickly. Um, and by the time you get into a groove, it's on to the next, on to the next group and you don't really get a chance to um, really settle in and get some work done. So um, that, that's the first part is just recognizing there is a problem and recognizing that it needs to be improved upon and fixed. And yeah, if you're talking about, you know, growing and improving or maintaining aesthetic development proportion, this is really, really critical. So um, tries are fatiguing first on chest day. So the first thing is, you know, maybe your triceps are weak and maybe they need more attention, more love. It could also be maybe they're really strong and they're just overpowering things here. And they're, they're trying to take over first and uh, they're strong enough comparatively to the chest. They're capable of doing more work even as a secondary muscle and they're wearing out first. Also, some people just have muscle groups that wear out quickly for some reason and there's no good explanation for it. Um, like in terms of overall development, um, for me, for upper body, everything is reasonably balanced. But for, for some reason, my biceps always fatigue first. 
um, like they, they in a, an arm workout, they fatigue really quickly right out of the gate as opposed to, you know, chest or back or shoulders or anything like that where, you know, I feel like they can be productive for pretty much an entire session. My biceps, by the time I'm done with exercise one, it's like a struggle from everything after that. They just fatigue quickly. They're not exceptionally weak or anything like that. They just fatigue quickly. Um, and so my goal on back day then, because your biceps are a secondary mover on back day, you know, anything – Pretty much any back exercise outside of a pullover is going to involve some degree of elbow flexion. And when there's elbow flexion involved, you know, the, the bending of the elbow, just, you know, m mimic a pull down right now. Yeah, you're focusing on your back. Well, guess what? Your elbow's flexing there as well. Mimic a row. You're focusing on your back. Your elbow's flexing there as well. Whenever your elbow flexes, the bicep is working. So it's always a secondary mover on every back exercise, save for a pullover and probably something else that somebody like Kevin is going to email me and mention, hey, you forgot about this. <laughs> and just to be clear, Kevin, I appreciate it. I, I need the fact checkers out there. I really do. Because otherwise, without fact checkers, I will run amok and I will turn into this trainer saying that wide grip exercises make women masculine. So, yes, fact checkers are a good thing. Um so the question then, Steve, becomes, what do we do about it? You say you feel like you've got a decent mind-muscle connection. Well, let's take it from decent to exceptional. Um, what I would recommend doing is starting your, um, starting your chest workout with one of two things or maybe both. Um, I, I would start off with a single joint exercise that pulls the triceps out of the equation entirely, some kind of a fly. So if flies are different for chest exercises. I mean, basically everything, you know, is either some form of a fly or a press, um, except again for pullovers being the, the notable exception there. Regardless of the variety of press um, or a push-up, that's a press as well. I mean, you know, chest is basically made of two families of exercises, and that's why coming up with really uh, cool, creative routines for chest day is tough because you basically just got two main exercises, and there's just variations on those. Like, how can we make this creative for the billionth time? It's tricky. So... Um, a fly, however, because a lot of people want to open with a press. They're like, yeah, you know, it's, it's early in the workout. I'm, at, I'm fresh. I'm at my strongest. I want to do a good, strong opening move. I'm going to do a barbell bench press or an incline dumbbell press or something like that. Well, no, if you've got triceps taking over, that's just going to exacerbate the problem because you're asking them to kick in from the word go. What I would do instead is open with a fly. Um, which is going to bring in the biceps. You know, the biceps are going to be under isometric tension on a fly. Um, but then if you move on to a press after that, the biceps are going to chill out. Your chest has already got a little bit of blood flow, but I would also not treat that first exercise, that fly, as a warm-up necessarily. Like what I would do, Steve, specifically for you, if you're really trying to hammer the point home here, I would turn it into like a really high-volume, low-rest kind of thing. What, what I want to do is in that first exercise – absolutely maximize the amount of pump and blood flow that we get from it. So to make sure you're ready for that, I would start with a simple activation move first. Um, you could do a um, Ven press. Um, other people would call it a plate press where you like sandwich a plate between your two hands right out in front of you. Um, you could do it seated um, or you could do it standing. I don't like doing it with a plate. I like using a dumbbell or, you know, like a couple of small plates. And by small plates, I'm talking like five pounders. Um, like take two of them, jam them together in front of you when you're standing right at your chest with open hands and then just squeeze in on them and then just press forward and press back. So your triceps are going to be working a little bit there, but because the weights are really light, um, you can focus on how hard you're squeezing instead, like really focus on that, that horizontal adduction 
um, squeezing the hands together in front of you. And as you um, extend the elbows out in front of you, the fiber recruitment on the chest, uh, that pattern changes a little bit. So that's why you push it out forward, you bring it back in. But start with a Ven press or something like, um, there's an exercise that I recommend called a pec pulse, um, which if you go onto YouTube um, and search Five Star Physique Pec Pulse, that should come up. Uh, conversely, if you go to my Pinterest uh, page, which is Pinterest slash Five Star Physique, um, and I have boards there sorted out by um, body part. Um, and they, ju they just link to all the various YouTube videos that I have. And so if you click on chest, you'll find the um, pec pulse listed in there. So you can watch and see what that looks like. That's a really good one. It works a little bit of shoulder, um, but it, it's all about chest. It it can take a little bit to really dial in the proper execution for that. It, it can be a little tricky, um, but that's one where really as like a warm-up exercise, as an activation movement just to get a little blood flow started, that can really help. And then once you've done that, so we do a few sets of some warm-up exercise, we're still, you know, we're not just like, okay, this is an easy warm-up. Like, no, we're still trying to, you know, activate the chest. We're trying to get some blood flow happening here. But then we go over to a fly, whether it's a pec deck fly, whether it's a cable fly, incline bench uh, cable fly, dumbbell fly. I prefer a cable or a machine for something like this, though, um, just because logistically I think it'll be a little bit easier. We can do a modified FST7 opener, which we're going to do seven sets of 10 to 12 reps with just 15 seconds rest in between. So you're going to have to dial the expectations on weight way down. What I want you to do is pick a weight where you can hit your first set, 10 to 15 reps, and walk away and feel like, okay, that felt good. Like, that didn't kill me. That was fine. Um, and then you rest 15 seconds and you do set two. And set two is like, ugh, okay, cool, that feels better. Set three is like, ooh, shit, okay, starting to get kind of real. Set four is like, okay, this sucks. Five, six, and seven are then about survival and about not reducing the weight under any circumstance. Stick with it. Make it happen. So just keep in mind, that first set's going to feel real light, but you've got six more and your rest periods are really short. So it should feel pretty light to start off with. Um, but I would try that. I would, I would go with an activation opener and then a max blood flow thing on a fly exercise specifically. And at that point, you know, if, if you do it well, you could stop right there and say that you had a pretty good chest day. But then if you go on from there and then work in a press, now keep in mind, you're, you're going to be a little fatigued right out of the gate, so you're not going to be push, pushing max weight on your presses. We need to not care about that. That doesn't matter. But at this point, your chest is feeling it. Like you, you got a, You've got a good pump there. Your triceps are still totally disengaged. They haven't done squat yet. So it might mean, okay, well, they're ready to take over a little bit. But I suspect instead what it's going to mean is you know, your chest is lit up already, and that is going to help cue in your mind-muscle connection further. And if you just keep the weight a little bit more reasonable, like if you would normally open up and press 100-pound dumbbells for reps, okay, well, you've just done this. Let's do 65s or 70s instead. You know, dial that weight down, slow the reps down, make sure that you focus on the chest and that you don't, you know, push so much weight that your triceps have to kick in and take over. You know, be a little bit more reasonable about it. But um, I would try something like that and see how that works. I think that would be a really good strategy and hopefully that gets the job done. So I'd be curious to hear your feedback after you try that on, uh, on how it goes. All right. Appreciate that, Steve. Let's go on. What's next? Hey, Darren. It's Paula from Missouri. I just thought of an idea for you to do on your um podcast, I was thinking maybe you can have people call in and mention it next time you do a podcast to have them share their favorite recipe, for example, because some recipes are really easy and they're a go-to, and maybe some people just lack some ideas in that area. So if you like that idea, let me know, or I guess I'll hear on the next podcast. 
buy. I do like that idea, Paula. That is awesome, and thank you. Um, yeah, so my, my only complaint about that is uh, you should have been the first one. What's your recipe? <laughs> um, I dig it. I absolutely love it. That is a brilliant idea, and this can absolutely be a recurring segment. So, yes, get ready because you know the number's coming, right? You're going to have to write it down here. Um, I love it. Call in and share your recipes. Now, there's a couple caveats here. Um, let me th let me think here. Okay. Let, let, let's come up with the rules as we go along here. Here are the rules. I can think of two. Two rules, realistically. Um, it can't be overly complicated. Like, it has to be the kind of thing where, you know, keep in mind, it's a podcast. You know, this isn't food.com, foodnetwork.com or anything like that where you're going to go and print off a recipe. It's a podcast. So it's got to be something that's relatively simple and that you can digest while listening. No pun intended. Um, so if it involves like, you know, okay, well, you mix this and then you go over here in this separate bowl and you mix up this stuff and you have to use this much of this and blah, 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 blah. Nobody's going to do it. Nobody's going to do that. Or, or maybe it's just me. I'm certainly not, <laughs> which I probably shouldn't be the litmus test for this because there's a long list of things I'm not going to do in the kitchen. Basically, anything that involves more than two ingredients uh, and if it involves anything more elaborate than a food scale, I'm just not going to do it. Uh, so it should be relatively simple. Now, you don't need to dumb it down for me and say, hey, Darren, here's how you do it. So you take egg whites and then you put them on the stove and you apply heat and then uh, when it's done, you eat it. Okay, it can be a little bit more complicated than that. But uh, be reasonable and understand how people are going to be listening to this stuff. But if you've got ideas, I want to hear them. And so what I would say is call in, share your recipe, and then what would be really great along with that, two things, two things here. Um, as part of the recipe, I want you to tell us what the macros are at the end, whether it's per serving or total. Um, and this could be like, hey, here's a, a, a shake that I, I like to make regularly. And, you know, it, it, you just put this stuff in the blender. The amounts are variable, et cetera. And here are what the macros come out to when I do it. Something like that would be awesome. Um, tell us why you like it, um, when you like it, you know, this works really well as a post-workout meal, or this, this is great for me to have in the evening. Um, you know, this is something that I can actually make and share with my family and it's macro friendly, something like that. You know, give us a little indication as to where it's applicable. Give us the macros, give us the basic recipe and for extra credit bonus. I tell you what, actually to start off with here, the first two people who call in, with a recipe like this and, and follow up with a photo of said recipe, like the final product emailed to me, which I will then post with the episode. So when every episode gets posted on my website as well, I'll post the, uh, the images there as well. First two people to do that, you're getting something from the swag shop. So um, how's that for a little motivation? Let's do it. Let's get on this recipe thing. That is a great idea, Paula. I absolutely love it. Um, but once again, my only complaint is that you should have been the first. And maybe you still can be. Uh, so make with it, though. So send in your recipes. Call it in. Here's the number, 865 518-2974. Leave a voicemail. Ramble on for as long as you need to about what's done. I think it will cut you off after like two minutes. So keep keep that in mind and be fairly efficient with it. Um, tell us why you like it. Tell us what the macros are per serving or per the whole thing. And for extra credit bonus, send me a pic via email. And if you don't have my email, it's Darren, D-A-R-I-N, at fivestarfitness.com. That's five spelled out, star with two R's, fitness.com. Great idea, Paula. I absolutely love it. Hi, Darren. This is Martina from Kansas. 
Um, I have a quick question for you. So my boyfriend is a bodybuilder, and he also has an ileostomy bag. Now, um, his dream is to compete, uh, hopefully by next year. And I've Googled uh, bodybuilders with ileostomy bags, you know, just to be sure that, you know, they can they qualify. Um, I've seen a few, but my question is, is because of what he has, can competitors with physical defects such as that, does that diminish their chances of winning in all honesty? Or, I mean, would he just be wasting his time up there posing on stage for no reason? So uh, I guess let me know. And thank you. Loving your podcast. Talk to you later. Bye. Awesome. Thanks, Martina. So uh, <laughs> let's just be clear. As far as like uh, wasting his time up on stage, posing for no reason, I mean, isn't that what we're all doing, really? <laughs> At the end of the day, kind of, in a way, maybe a little bit. Uh, I kid. I kind of kid. Uh, but, I mean, realistically, you know, we're we're all competing for the same plastic trophy. Uh, or or maybe a sword, if you're lucky. Um, I have a, uh, a client who, who wanted to select a show specifically because the winners got, like, uh, replicas of Thor's hammer. <laughs> and, like, I mean, if you're going to pick a show, that would be a good reason why. I'm just, I'm wondering, like, okay, but can you pick it up? That's the real question here. Um, so as, as far as your, your boyfriend, so with an ileostomy bag, so I have seen actually there is um, there is uh, an IFBB pro. I think she's I think she's a figure pro um, with an ileostomy bag port. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's totally, totally possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, ultimately it comes down to the details. And so if you're looking to get up on stage and be competitive, well, I got to tell you, you got to bring a great physique first and foremost. And if you do that, you're going to be in the mix regardless of anything else. Now there are things that can get in your way a little bit, um, I mean, that that is one, potentially. And what I would tell your boyfriend is, you know what? We need to spend enough time getting ready for this show. And really, the show should be like a side goal. The primary goal is, you know what? Let's build the absolute craziest, best, most ridiculous and proportioned, full, balanced physique we possibly can. And then when we get there or, or you know, along the way, Let's let's compete. Let's do a show. Let's see how we stack up for sure. And really, it's more about creating a baseline for comparison for yourself. And I've talked about that many times before. So if that is the goal, then what we want to do is go into a show and just, you know, be the absolute best that you can. And that's going to keep you in the mix. So regardless of what, um, you know, I, I hesitate to use the word defect or deformity or anything like that. Let's just call it an irregularity. You know, it's something that's not not something that you see on most people. So this can be um, for some, uh, could be something like this. Um, it could be, uh, you know, a skin condition. It could be any number of things. You know, I mean, women, you're talking about, you know, stretch marks. You know, you've got people with loose skin. I mean, everybody's got these things. Do any of those prevent you from being competitive? Not necessarily. Now, if you take it to the extreme and you're like, whoa, that person is way overdue for some surgery from some loose skin. Whoa. I mean, yeah, that can absolutely hold you back. 
Um, but if it's like, oh, you know, they they're, they got a little loose skin. Oh, they've got some stretch marks. And what? You know what? I mean, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Now, keep in mind, it is a competition. So all things being equal, if you've got a physique that is of a certain caliber, and you're up against somebody who has a physique of an equal caliber in all ways, and you've got some irregularity and they don't, they're probably going to win. That's all there is to it. So what you need to do is make sure that your physique is of a caliber where it just doesn't matter. You're like, yeah, okay, so, okay, they've got that, but, pff, I mean, look at them. You know, who else is going to give them a run for their money? Nobody. And it, it, it's basically like I think your job is just to make the judge's job really easy. Make it a, an open and shut case. Um, but I have seen it. Absolutely. I've seen all kinds of stuff, um, all kinds of things on stage, uh, you know, of these kind of irregularities, you know, abnormalities, if you will. Um, but that's part of what makes a show cool at the same time, because, you know, you see somebody on stage with something like that. and You're like, man, that son of a bitch has had to overcome some stuff to get up here. You know? <laughs> I mean, they've been through a lot like that person with all the loose skin. They might have had to drop 150 pounds to get up on this stage. Holy shit. That's amazing. That is great. And I tell you. Some of the coolest moments at shows that I've ever ever been at are when somebody walks up on stage with some kind of, you know, not literal, but some kind of a scar that they're they're carrying around on them. And the crowd just coalesces around that person and they just bring them up and they just cheer like they have not for anybody else. And those are some of the coolest moments at shows. They really are. And it's just an appreciation like Look at what this person has gone through to get up here. You know, whatever it is, you know, you see it happen with, you know, amputees or somebody with a prosthetic leg, same kind of thing. Um, so I think it's great. I think it is really cool. And I, I, the last thing that I would do is tell them like, yeah, no, you can't do it. Uh, because first of all, I mean, what a shitty attitude, but also it's just not true by the same token. So, um, yeah. Absolutely can. Wasting his time, no more so than anybody else would be up on that stage. <laughs> the only thing that I might say is, you know, just make sure um, that when he's he's ready to compete that he's really ready. Um, and don't, don't do a show too soon. And I would give that advice to everybody, but especially if you're dealing with something like this, because there may certainly be a little judging bias against someone like him, um, where... If they're going to put him in a, a first or if they're going to put him in a, a second place position over other people or something like that, they're going to need some compelling evidence as to why. So bring that evidence on stage, you know, spend the time developing, you know, have a really good, solid prep. Um, treat it as though uh, you, you, you're coming in and you've got to prove more than the other people. Uh, and if you do that, I think you will come in, um, you know, probably later. It'll probably be a little bit of a later show. Spend more time um, focusing on growth and development. Um, but also you're probably going to come in harder and more dense than, than other people as well if you really, really bring it. Now, keep in mind, the other people are also going to be bringing it too. It, it is a competition, but most of the competition happens in the months leading up to the stage and not actually on stage. So that, that that's the one thing to keep in mind is you know, that's when the real competition happens, when you don't see the people that you're competing against. By the time you get up there and you're on stage with them, it's too fucking late. The, the cake has been baked and you're done. That's, that's what you got. All you're doing then is pulling your cake out of the oven and saying, this is what I got. <laughs> Here you go. What you think? It's like, well, this is what I got. What you think? Uh, so, um, yeah, it's a really good question, though. And uh, again, I would certainly not uh, not discourage him from competing in any way. One hundred percent, not a waste of time. Certainly not. So, 
Oh, man, it feels good to be back in the swing things, doesn't it? Yeah. So thanks to Paula, we now have a new uh, a new uh, call to arms here. I need your recipe <clears throat> recipes. Once again, the number to call in with those is 865-518-2974. Uh, tell us what the recipe is. Give us macros. Give us your most common use for it. Email me a photo of the finished product. Darren at fivestarfitness.com. Um, first two people to do that, you're getting something free from the shop. And when I say something free, I mean like your pick, you tell me. So uh, I'm excited for that. I'm, I'm curious to see what you guys bring. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll, uh, we should do like a review section also where I will make this thing and do a taste test for you and let you know what I think. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, and if I don't like it, then you have to send me something. <laughs> Uh, just no seafood because I'm not eating that shit. So, uh, I don't want your salmon recipes. You can leave that shit to yourself. <laughs> so, uh, great stuff. It's good to be back. Um, keep the calls coming. Uh, this is really good. I appreciate it. it. Makes my job easier. And you know, it's all about making things easy and efficient as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, I do appreciate everybody who listens here. Certainly, uh, don't forget, uh, wherever you listen to this, if applicable, um, leave a, uh, rate it, uh, rate the podcast, leave a review. I'd certainly love to, uh, hear your comments there. If you've got anything else for me, hit me up. You know, the usual channels, you can find me on Instagram at Darren underscore star, uh, Email me directly, Darren, at 5starfitness.com, or you can go to the website, 5starphysique.com, or thedropset.com. Drop me a line there. You know what's up.